Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 that when he became a man, he put away childish things. We're looking for a few weeks at what these childish things may be that we need to put away. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I felt as a child, I thought as a child, but something happened where I transitioned to adulthood and I put away certain things. I wonder for many of us, including myself, whether there are childish things that we don't even know we are still living with or living under and we need to put them away. So we've looked at various aspects of this in the previous weeks. And today I want to look at this idea of having a goal or a purpose in your life. You know, the thing that you're trying to achieve and the childish purpose that we need to put away. You know, when a person is a child, their goals and their purpose in life and the things that they're aiming towards are very bound up with their parents. If your parents decide that they're going on holiday to Greece, you're going on holiday to Greece. If their parents decide that they're going to be involved in a certain sport or activity or whatever, then you go along for the ride. Your goals and your mission in life are very much bound up with them. But then also as a child, our goal and our purpose is often very, very self-centered. And that's natural for a child. We are looking for our own needs to be met. We need food. We need shelter. We need whatever it is. Uh, our device, our iPad or tablet or whatever it is. Ch children's goals in life are often very self-centered and it's about self-gratification. My needs, I need friends, I need this, I need whatever it is. And we are looking towards ourselves. And also they are very short-sighted. We as children don't often think two years in advance. We don't think I want to achieve this and then I'm going to study this and I've got a goal to work towards that. Often children are just thinking about today or maybe tomorrow or maybe next week, but we're not often thinking about the bigger picture. And so our childish goals or purpose or mission or target in life are bound up with our parents for good or bad. And that can mean that they dictate to us, or it could mean that we just kind of take it on board without even thinking about it. If our parents are involved in something, we take that on board without really realizing it. If they are against something, often we inherit prejudices and, and wrong thinking and, and antagonisms from our parents without really realizing it. So our childish purpose is often bound up by our parents' purpose. Secondly, it's very, very selfish and just thinking about my needs and and how to gratify myself. And thirdly, it's very, very short sighted. And we're told in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, I must put away childish things. But then the very next chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, he says, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes or be childlike but in understanding be mature. So there's, there's an element where I remain childish in an innocent way. I've got to, I've got to keep my childlikeness, not my childishness. I put away childish things, which are the negatives, the, mal the malice and 
those kind of things. I put away childish things, but I keep childlike things, the innocence, the purity. Jesus said, unless you receive the kingdom of God as a child or, or in a childlike way, you can by no means enter it. So we've got to keep the innocence of, of being a child, but put away the immaturity. And that's what we're trying to look at in this series. So today we're looking at how do I identify where my purpose in life may still be a childish purpose and how do I put on a mature purpose from God. And there's a beautiful passage in Psalm 127 where in verse 3 he says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. So he says, first of all, children are a blessing. I don't know if you've realized this, but there is a subtle message that's coming from the world around us, sometimes not so subtle, that says that children are annoying, they're costly, they are difficult, and we should have less of them. That is the message that the world is giving. But God says, no, no, children are a blessing. We should rejoice with having more and more children. He says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And I want to look at this picture today. Have you ever seen a warrior with a bow and arrow, perhaps on a movie or perhaps in real life? The, the bow itself is a very, very strong and carefully crafted piece of wood or metal or fiberglass or something. And then there is a, a string that is very, very carefully made out of the right materials and very strong with the right properties. And it's crafted in such an amazing way. So there's a place for him to hold his hand. There's a place for the arrow to lodge. And then the arrow itself is carefully designed with feathers on one end and a little groove to go into the string. And on the other end, a very, very sharp point. The arrow is just the right length, just the right weight, um, very, very straight and smooth. And the warrior or the archer holds the bow. He pulls the arrow back against his chest. He aims with his eye. He looks at the target. He aims very carefully. He puts his feet in a stable position, shoulder width or slightly more. And then he calms his breathing and his heart rate. And, and good archers are able to, to slow their heart rate and, and make themselves very, very still and calm. They aim, they look, they assess the wind and the other conditions, the distance of the target. They use all their experience from the past. And then eventually, after holding the arrow at just the right angle for just the right amount of time, they release it and it shoots towards a target. And if they are a skillful archer or warrior, then the arrow will find its mark in the target. And God uses this picture in Psalm 127, which I find so interesting. He says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So what he's saying is children are arrows. They are carefully designed. You know, when God gives you a child, he chooses the exact right child for you. And if you are a child, he chooses the exact right parents or family for you to be able to find God. Acts chapter 17 and verse 26 says, God determines the exact time and place where we should be born in the whole of history and the whole of geography. 
God determines the exact time and the, and the exact place. Why? So that we would reach out for him. The Bible says we would grope for him to try and find him. Although he's not far from any of us, God says, what is the best time and place for you to be placed so that you can find salvation? That's what God is so concerned about, is everybody finding salvation. And he says, I'm going to put you in the right family. Now, for me, I am of European ancestry, but I was born in a tiny little African country. I was born to parents who did not believe in God and did not follow God. And there was a lot of sin and immorality, a broken home, a lot of damage, a lot of emotional trauma in my childhood. Now, I don't believe God wanted any of that. He never wants any of those things, but he knew based on my character and the way that I'm put together, that that was the best time and place for me to find Christ. And at the age of 17, I did praise the Lord. I'm so grateful to God. And then over the next 10 or 15 years, most of my family became believers. Again, thanks to God. But God puts arrows, children, in our hands. And we as the parents are the warriors. And we have a huge responsibility. I, I think you probably realize that if you're a parent, children pick up so much from you. Have you ever seen your child reacting uh, or interacting with someone or saying something or, or just in their mannerisms and you can see yourself in them or you can hear your own phrases and words and emotions coming from your little child and you realize, wow, they're always listening. They're always watching and they're picking up a bit like a sponge. They're picking up what we do and feel and think and what's important to us. And the picture in this psalm is that God has given us arrows, these children. They're a blessing. They're a reward. They are wonderful things, a heritage from the Lord. We should be so grateful for them. But there's a purpose. It's not just bring up the child and hope that it lives a happy life. No, no. We as the parents have to aim them. We have, to, we have to craft an environment. You know, the bow is a very carefully crafted instrument to shoot an arrow. We have to craft an environment for our children, the home life, the environment that they live in, the things that they're exposed to, the schools they go to, the people they interact with, uh, just everything about them. We are responsible for crafting an environment that will make them arrows that eventually, when we release them from our home, at whatever age that is, 20s, early 20s, at some stage in, in their late teens, we release them and they go. We then let them fly and we watch and see if we as the warriors, as the parents, as the archers, aimed them in the correct direction. That's a big responsibility, parents. But today I'm looking at how do we, first of all, look at ourselves and say, have I put away my childish aim that my parents might have given me and got the and received the correct direction from God? And then secondly, how can I as a parent better help my children to be aimed for the correct target? So he, he says, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows. In the hand of a warrior, so are children, the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. 
Do you have a quiver full of children? Friend, I don't want to put a guilt trip on you, and I know that it's expensive and difficult, but God wants us to have children, and I encourage you. You know, in Genesis, it says, go forth and multiply, and that means have at least three, because if we just have two or less, we're just replacing ourselves. Let's have children. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. And then he says, they shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And this is the evidence that we've done a good job as parents. A, they won't be ashamed. You know, shame is one of those things that besets a person for their whole life. What is shame? Well, shame is different from guilt. Guilt is when I say, I feel like I've done something wrong. And there's always a way to make it right. I can apologize. I can make restitution. That is guilt. And that is one thing which we all have from time to time when we do something wrong. But shame is not I have done something wrong. It's a sense that there is something wrong with me, that I am the problem, that I'm not adequate, that I am bad, that I am dirty, that I am stupid, that I'm evil. And our children should not be ashamed. One of the signs that we have aimed them correctly and released them into life is they are not ashamed. And that comes from us blessing them, loving them unconditionally. I've spoken in a previous session about how we can give them choices with consequences if they are misbehaving. If a child won't clean up their room, we can say to them, you can either clean your room and then you can come to this event or dinner with us in a restaurant, or you cannot clean your room and you live with the mess. No one else is going to clean it for you and you don't go to the restaurant, but I love you either way. In other words, I'm not giving them shame. I'm not making them feel they are bad or they have a problem within themselves. I'm saying there are choices and I love you either way, but the consequences will exist and you will lose out on dinner at a restaurant and you will have a messy room and no one else is going to clean it up for you. There are consequences, but I love you. And if we do that in the correct way, we grow children up who don't have shame. They are full of confidence and love and security. They know I'm loved. I'm special. I'm unique. I'm made by God as I am. I don't have to try and be like somebody else or be something else. So they will not be ashamed. And then lastly, they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. This is the sign that we have done the right thing, is that children are able to handle opposition, difficult situations, difficult people, enemies. You know, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. And we need to teach our children exactly that message. In this world, there will be people who don't like you, who disagree with you, who treat you unfairly. This world is a broken and and twisted version of the perfect world God originally created. And until Jesus comes back a second time, it will not be perfect. And there will be difficult things, enemies, bad things happening. But our children need to be taught to be robust, to gently, as they grow up, deal with difficulties and enemies and opposition and conflicts and and different circumstances and bad negative consequences for their decisions. They need to learn to deal with these things so that they can, without shame, speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, the gate in the Old Testament times was the place where debates happened and differing opinions were shared and, and people would argue with one another. 
also judgments. It was a bit like the court where judgments were made. Yes, you're guilty, you're innocent. But also the concept of the gate is the enemy's gate. Do you remember Jesus said to Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he said, I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We need to teach our children. They have the keys, the authority, the power, the blessing of God, the keys of the kingdom. And they need to be going and opening the gates of hell and setting people free. That is the sign that you and I have done a good job as parents. Not that they, that our children are rich. Not that our children are happily married. or All of those things are good. But the main purpose for us as parents is they're not ashamed and they can deal with conflict and enemies and especially the enemy of the devil and get people set free from from hell so i want to just talk about a few different issues here number one how do we become a good parent who who prepares our children like arrows i'm going to mention a few things number one we need to have a stable and calm demeanor you know when the the archer is standing there about to release the arrow he calms himself down his feet are established firmly he's not moving around he's not unsure his heart and his breathing slows right down and he is calm and established we need to have a consistency and a stability children need to see dad and mom are the same today as they were last week as they were last year and if we make changes we need to say to the children we used to do this we used to think this we used to think this was important, but we have changed our minds based on God's word. And we're sorry if we've misled you, but this is what we're doing. Rather than just chopping and changing, changing our rules, changing our values, changing all the different habits of our lives, we need to explain to our children so that they understand there's a stable, calm environment. Number two, loving. There needs to be a loving environment. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about uh, parents bringing up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, training them, but also nurturing them or caring for them. You know, when an archer pulls the arrow back, the the head of the arrow, the, the bit that he's holding in his hand is right next to his heart. And if an arrow had ears, it would hear the archer's heartbeat. Just let that sink in for a moment. Your children have to hear your heartbeat. They have to be brought close to your heart. They have to be loved. They have to be nurtured and encouraged. But also, they hear your heartbeat. They hear what's important to you. And this speaks of vulnerability and openness and honesty and transparency. You know, I said that your children pick up what's important to you and they carry it on in their lives. They're amazing at being able to see through and they know what's really important to you. You may be a person who goes to church and you say, I love God, I love God, I love God. But actually your children see how you spend your time, how you spend your money, what makes you passionate, what makes you sad, what makes you angry, uh, what you value is important. They see it beyond what you do in a few hours at church. They see the real you. And as they pull near your heart, they pick up your heartbeat. And so that's the very important thing is that we need to have a heartbeat that's genuine and honest and real, but also is facing towards God. You know, if money is your purpose in life, 
your children will realize that. You can say, I'm a Christian, but they'll realize what's really important to you. And an archer, when he's about to release the arrow, he's got to be facing. His face is looking at the target. It's impossible for an archer to hit the target if he's facing a different way. And if we say to our children, we want you to love God. We want you to serve God. We want you to do God's things with your life. But our face is looking at something else, whatever that may be. Maybe it's social acceptance. You want to be popular. Maybe it's uh, pleasure. Maybe it's just you're lazy and you just want as much rest time as you can get. Uh, maybe you, you just want to be one of those people who retires early and lies on a beach for the last 30 years of your life. Your children will pick up your heartbeat. But if your face is towards what God wants, the target that God says, uh, which is reaching the lost, reaching the lost and setting people free from the devil's clutches. If your face is facing there, your children will pick it up. So there's the heartbeat, there's the face, there's the genuine honesty. Uh, two more points. We've got to make them straight and sharp. We've got to be willing to train them. We've got to say to them, no, no, that's not okay. There are consequences for wrong behavior. We've got to sharpen them. I've already spoken about exposing them and helping them to learn how to deal with difficult people, difficult situations. Not always um, picking up the pieces for their mistakes, but letting them experience consequences and letting them in a gentle and controlled way deal with difficulties and, and opposition and people who don't agree with them and helping them to learn how to argue and, 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 and deal with these different oppositions and to make them straight and correct. And then lastly, we got to release them at the right time. You know, there's nothing worse than a person who is still being held by their parents when they're 30, 40, 50 years old. They, they still, we, we have this phrase in English, they're still tied to the apron strings. They're still part of their parents' idea, beliefs, uh, control, and God wants us to release them. Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Have your children been released if they are of a, an old enough age? We have to release them. So what are the, the childish things that we need to put away? I'm going to go through four of them. Number one um, is an aimlessness. We've got to put away. Sometimes we have no, no purpose in life. As a child, we had no purpose and we bring that into our adult lives where whatever our parents said we must do, we did. Whatever our peer group said we must do, we did. Whatever our teacher said we must do, we did. We were just aimless and we were just buffeted around. Uh, we were letting others dictate or circumstances dictate. And some people grow up into life and they carry through that childish aimlessness or lack of purpose into their adult lives. We need to put that away. God wants us to have purpose. He wants us to have a target, a goal, a direction. And that goal and direction is to grow God's kingdom. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, provision and food and shelter and all the other things that the world runs after. All of those will be added to you as well, but seek first his kingdom. In that same passage, he says, if your eye is light, your whole body will be light. If your eye is dark, your whole body will be dark. He was talking about what are you focused on? What are you aiming towards? And so we need to be put away aimlessness or just allowing things to buffet us around. 
and you may find that you are still under things that you picked up from your parents, wrong beliefs, wrong values, wrong ideas, wrong prejudices. They may have said one thing, but you picked up subtly and, and in, inwardly that they actually think this or they don't think this or they don't like this or they want this and you're still carrying things from your parents and you need to say, I've become an adult. I'm putting away that and aimlessness and I'm allowing God to give me his purpose. That's the first one. Number two, selfishness. You know, nowadays in the modern world, we are so selfish. We want everything for ourselves, self-gratification. And that is just a waste of your life. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the pleasure, all the relaxing, all the happiness in the world. But at the end of your life, if you've achieved nothing for God, A, you will be unfulfilled and you'll think what a waste my life was. But B, we enter into eternity. Time on earth is tiny. Eternity is forever. We enter into eternity with nothing to show. God says, what have you brought? What have you achieved for eternal purposes? And we say, oh, I got a nice tan from lying on the beach. Selfishness is we need to put away. Number three is short-sightedness. Just thinking about now, here and now. Let's not just think about here and now. Let's not just think about 20 or 30 years, which is our retirement. Let's think about eternity. Not short-sighted, but the big picture and build for what's important forever. You know, all of us, no matter how rich we are in this earth, no matter how popular, we all get buried with nothing. And we enter the judgment day on our own. And we need to bear in mind, eternity is what really counts. And then lastly, bitterness and wrong inherited beliefs. You know, we can pick up a bitterness against our parents or against a, a particular group of people or against certain things or wrong beliefs and we need to say I'm putting those away. Friends, if you'll do that, if you will forgive others, forgive your parents, forgive yourself, get rid of shame and realize God loves you, you are precious and then say God I'm putting myself in your bow and arrow if my parents didn't do a good job and I'm going to be directed in the way that you want me to be. You can start again from today. Just pray this prayer. Lord God, I'm sorry that I've had no goal or aim or I've had a wrong goal or aim in my life. I want to put away that childish idea and I want to take on board your goal for my life, which is serving you, seeking your kingdom, reaching people for you. God, I'm sorry for my sin, my wrong ideas, my bitterness, my unbelief. And God, I choose today to be an arrow in your hands. And also, Lord, I ask that you would help me to be a good parent, not only to my biological children, but to anybody who I have an influence over, to aim them in the right direction. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.